This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Patricia Blondheim. Welcome to the Good Neighbor Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Blondheim, and today we have good neighbor Kevin Besnoy. And Kevin is the executive director of Tuscaloosa's One Place here in Tuscaloosa. Kevin, how are you this morning? I'm doing wonderful, Patricia. How are you today? I'm doing fine. Thank you. It's great to see you here. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to hear more about Tuscaloosa's One Place. Tell me more about it. Yeah, so Tuscaloosa's One Place uh, started in 1999. So we've been around for 25 years. And our mission the whole time has been to strengthen families, to build resiliency amongst families and to prevent child abuse and neglect. You know, um, we provide tangible and intangible resources. Many times, as families often do, come across those obstacles that we face. And many families have the resiliency, have those resources to be able to to, uh, overcome those obstacles. But many, many families don't, uh, whether it's through family experience or just financial hard aches or uh, limit, limitations that they might have, they, they're not able to overcome those obstacles. And so what we provide are some sometimes some immediate resources that we can provide to families, but we also really um, feel that the best approach is through cut, uh, some education programming. So we provide education to parents and families and teens in all the different ways to, that, the, that they need to be able to overcome those those times in life that we all face that um, really test our, our abilities to um, make it through to the next day. Yeah, we all have challenges and sometimes we need a little help getting back up. Uh, absolutely. Can you, can you be more specific about um, it, how you can help people? Yeah. So for instance, we have a couple of programs where we go into homes um, and do in-home visits with families and what we do at that time, whether it's a prenatal, one of our programs, our, um, our Healthy Families Tuscaloosa program is works with prenatal to about three years old or uh, no place like home, uh, works for kids, uh, families much older, you know, beyond uh, the three years age. But we do is we go into the homes. Uh, we have case managers who work with the families, work with the parents. And when we go in, what we do is we set goals. We teach the parents how to set goals for their family. We teach them how to create a nurturing environment in their home to create those uh, opportunities in the home where the child and the and the parent form a strong bond um, to be able to know how you create that structured day that we all need, that we all crave, but that's not always possible. So how do you live sort of in controlled um, mayhem, so to speak, as being any kind of parent might be? Um, and so we, we provide some direct uh, services in that sense from education. But then we also provide some tangible resources. So we have a food closet. Uh, we have, um, I'm sorry, a, cloth- a clothing closet for professional clothes. We have uh, baby diapers and a baby pantry that you can come in if you need to be able to help you get through some times that you might have. So those are some of the tangible resources that we provide to get through on an immediate basis. But then some of the education programming, I mean, there's a range of uh, opportunities that we have. Almost monthly, we have a, a mobile food pantry where we provide uh, food, about a week's worth of groceries to about 250 families in the area. We partner with the West Alabama Food Bank to make that happen. Um, we, we have a workforce development program uh, 
our workforce development program works directly. Well, we'll work with anybody, but we, we focus on uh, individuals who are either on food stamps or on welfare, either meaning a reset or TANF recipients. Uh, we have a, a very structured program. It's called a lunch and learn series where uh, people will come in uh, or, or into our classes. It's four classes, two hours each uh, class throughout a month. People will come in. We'll give them uh, the skills that they need to get jobs, uh, such as resume building, interviewing, interview skills. Um, we provide some clothes in our professional closet to help them be able to go out into, uh, into uh, an interview. But what we also do is we set them on a career interest inventory path. So we have VR goggles and we'll, they'll, they'll jump in on the VR goggles. Our primary um, areas of focus are healthcare, hospitality, and then manufacturing. And so we, we can put people in scenarios in the VR goggles. It can help them identify a career path that they might want to pursue. From there, we partner, help them partner with Shelton State, and they can earn some credits um, at Shelton State if they complete some additional coursework. But at the end of our four, uh, our four class lunch and learn series, we have um, job, um, we have potential employers who will come out. We can't guarantee anybody a job, but we can definitely guarantee people uh, an interview. What that means, that whole program means, is what we're trying to do is we're trying to help people be able to attain some job retention skills, which is really important. To So they're not just haphazardly moving from one job to another to try and give them a career. When you have a stable career, what we know is that's going to provide some stability into the, in the family. So uh, what we'll do is we'll, we'll work with them, provide some career counseling to help them uh, move, as we say, from a job to a career or if they're already in a career to be able to move ahead in their career. Um, we play, paid for somebody to um, become a phlebotomist uh, recently. Uh, we paid for somebody to get their CNA uh, in, in nursing. So it, it, we, we can provide some financial support to help earn certification if you need in our workforce development program. We have other programs such as a fatherhood program where we work with non-custodial parents to help the non-custodial parents learn how to have a relationship with their child. But in, in coupled with that, they, they learn to have a relationship with their child, but also the person that they're co-parenting with. But we also help them to uh, make child support payments. We teach them how to balance those finances. Uh, last year, for instance, uh, we, we increased child support payments by $95,000, which, which is absolutely remarkable. Um, you know, we have teen diversion programs. So we work with kids uh, who are in the juvenile court system. And we have a mentoring program where we monitor their whereabouts, but we also mentor them. And we have a very prescribed mentoring program to help them learn how to make better choices. If you're a teenager in the juvenile court system, then you've already um, you're at a fork in the road, so to speak. We want to help them to be able to get on the right path. It's not too late for them. One of our graduates of that program uh, attended a, um, a university in Pennsylvania on an art, art scholarship. So we, we, we have lots of successes there. We also provide after-school programming. After-school programming is vital for parents. Uh, many working parents, um, their workday does not end when the school day ends. In fact, the school day ends much sooner than, than the workday does. So being able to, as a parent, to know that you have a safe, nurturing environment to leave your kid after school where you can continue to work, that really helps to balance out your family's 
budget. It helps to balance out the stability of a family. So these are just sort of the surface level kind of um, uh, programs that we have in at, here at Tuscaloosa is one place, but all of our programs like these are really geared to uh, provide some stability, provide some education opportunities, provide some tangible resources to families so that they can um, meet, overcome some of the obstacles that they might be facing. So give a man a fish and he eats for a day teach a man to fish and he eats for a lifetime. It sounds like that's, you're teaching, you're teaching many, many people how to. That's what, how yeah, to, no, that's, that's our goal. You're absolutely right. That, 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 well, that's not, that's our goal is to teach them how to be successful, to teach resiliency. Well, Kevin, how did you get here? I mean, what was the journey that led you here? Well, my journey here, um, I started out in education. I was a school teacher <clears throat> for a number of years in Alabama and Mississippi and in uh, Maryland. And from there, I was a university professor. I taught people to be teachers, um, uh, elementary and middle school social studies teachers, uh, teachers of the gifted, uh, people who are intellectually and creatively gifted. Uh, so I did that for about 10 years. From there, uh, I coordinated a grant where we um you know, we designed and developed online classes for high school students across the state of Alabama. And it was a great job. I really enjoyed all of those experiences. But in the last couple of years in my most recent job where I was uh, in online education, I was missing getting involved with people. I got into education to really change lives, to help young people be able to work and work towards the, the dreams that they had, to be able to achieve the dreams that they had. And while I learned a lot in online education and as being a university professor, I felt that um, my time and my efforts were better served being able to engage directly with people. Um, and so that's th this opportunity came about. Um, I've been here now for about 18 months. Well, we're lucky to have you. Um can you tell us any uh, any misconceptions people might have about Tuscaloosa One Place? Yeah, you know, I, I think that um, people people don't realize that uh, the depths to which we help families. I think when you talk about the kind of services that families need, I think many people believe it's just a handout. And that's just not the case of what we're doing. What we really are doing is strengthening the community. When you strengthen a family, when you can strengthen what's going on in the home, making homes more stable, you're, you're really strengthening the community. And so we're not giving people a handout. We're really, as you mentioned, we're, we're providing people with some skills and some resources that they need to be able to strengthen themselves. And, and in doing so, you know, we're really able to help a family move into a direction that they want to. Uh, that and, and that ultimately makes Tuscaloosa a better place to live. And so I think the misconception, as I, as I mentioned, is that we're just giving out things and that people don't have to work for them. And we really do have an incentive program uh, for people to work. And the more you work, the more you achieve here, the more we're able, more services and resources we're able to provide for you. I mean, I feel really educated now about beyond what I knew, which was, you know, I would go to the Tinsel Trail and walk down the Tinsel Trail and see that um, you're the agency that that um, that that makes that possible. But I really wasn't sure what my sponsorship of one place would would do. So thank you for sharing that with me. 
Yeah, like- I mean, but the, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the sponsorships from the Tensile Trail go a, a long way to helping us be able to provide the depths of programming. We receive grants uh, to fund most of our programming, but grants are kind of restrictive in what we can provide uh, for people. But it, it, the donations that we receive through Tensile Trail and other other avenues really allow us to round out our programming in ways that are, allow families to receive those immediate customized uh, needs that they have. Well, this is some some serious stuff, but let's go over um, and change the subject to something more fun. Like, you okay. know, what do you, what do you do? What do you do for fun, Kevin? Uh, well, I, I, uh, I think the most fun thing that I do is uh, hang out with my twin 15-year-olds and my wife. I, I mean, that's that to me is a, a great time. I, I like to sail. I don't get to go out sailing nearly as often as I like. My family doesn't like to sail as much as I do. So um, that's not something that we, we, we do as often. Uh, but I like to get outside. I like the outdoors. I like to hike. Um, I like to refinish some old furniture when I have the time. My wife found a an old dresser uh, or a nightstand, I mean. Uh, and she said, oh, Kevin, I think you would like this. And, and it's about half sanded. So I've gotten about half of the original stain off. Um, I thought I would have time over this past winter break, but uh, I didn't have as much time as I had hoped for. I took care of some other things, but I really like to do some woodworking when I'm at home. Um, I built some Adirondack chairs uh, not too long ago, which was, that was a lot of fun. I'd never built Adirondack chairs and I like to smoke meat. If I can smoke meat, if I'm uh, the, the dream day would be to uh, a sunny spring afternoon to be able to get up early, um, smoke some meat and sand and refinish some furniture and um, let my kids just uh, be playing in the house or hanging out with us and um, maybe hanging out with my wife outside. That's a, that's a, that's an ideal day for me. I love firing up my smoker. In fact, we have a lot in common. I love sailing. I love smoking meat. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah. Who doesn't? It's a good time. I know it's a really good time. It's a good time. Um, well, um, is there, is there some sort of life challenge that, um, that has affected your life and made you a stronger person? Um, you know, I mean, to say no would, I think, would be, it wouldn't be truthful, right? I mean, we all, we all um, have those moments in our life. But one that comes to mind was, as I was, I, I, I didn't, I, I, I was about to graduate with my master's degree. Um, I wasn't married at the time, but we were about to get engaged. And so they weren't my in-laws. They were my future in-laws. They were going to come for graduation. Um I had a job that was, you know, I was going to get once I graduated. My parents were going to come for graduation. Um, and I failed my master's comprehensive final. So, and uh, so I, I didn't graduate. Uh, I was completely embarrassed in front of my future in-laws. I'm not sure they quite, uh, I'm not sure to what, to what extent they actually uh, still remember that. But, and I had to, I, that was able, I was fortunate enough to still get that job. I just had to take it at a reduced salary. But I remember it was a really low point in my life. Uh, I, I thought that um, I had really blew a chance at a lot of different things. Um, but, but what I did is, and, and this is a part of resiliency. Um, we, we don't, we don't develop resiliency by just uh, never facing adversity or when adversity comes our way. Um, by by uh, sort of uh, going in a different direction. There's that idea of fight or flight. And we build resiliency by fighting through uh, tough times. 
Um, so I spent the next six months or well, four months, the next semester um, teaching in a rural, rural place in Alabama. I had an apartment by myself. Um, I didn't live near anybody. And I spent the entire semester teaching and and studying to be able to pass. And so, um, yeah, I'm sure, you know, in hindsight, it doesn't seem that big of a deal. But let me tell you, you know, that was 25 years ago. Um, it, it, I, I clearly remember going to the mailbox and opening up the the mail, uh, the envelope that day and seeing that uh, the notification that I hadn't passed. And it, it's a very clear memory. Um, I, I, I still sort of have um, a little PTSD when it comes time to taking big, big tests. Um, but ultimately, you know, I passed my master's comprehensive final, went on, I got my PhD and I was able to overcome. And if I don't tell that story 25 years later, nobody knows that I didn't, that I didn't pass. And so I think that's just a small, definitely a small um obstacle that I had overcome. Uh, my, my therapist and I have worked through all the other deep, deep issues that probably don't need to be shared here in this particular podcast. Um, they're, they're too deep and dark, maybe. I think. But I, I, I thank my therapist. And I think, and, and so I talk about that, uh, to be honest with you. You know, I think we face um, on a daily basis, you know, long term, um, you know, there are always moments of self-doubt. There are always moments when you don't think you're good enough. Um, and so, uh, I mean, I have those um, frequently and, I, and I'm fortunate. I go, uh, I go and I talk to somebody, a you know, professional really to help me sort of think through really the rationalize how I'm going to work through that and to continue to build a resiliency. I mean, that failing of a master's um, comprehensive final is just one example. But I think we all have moments of doubt, don't we? Um, and and uh, what I've learned from this particular job, this is what I've enjoyed about this job, is um, uh, there, there are avenues to ask for assistance. Uh, nobody is above asking for assistance, and asking for assistance looks 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 different for everybody. But being able to um, have those that that resource, those opportunities, those outlets, so to speak, really really help us help individuals. I know it helps me um, being able to. Um, I don't know if my kids would tell you I'm well-adjusted, but I feel I'm fairly well-adjusted kind of person. I think it's so valuable that you're there as somebody who is coached and is coachable and has, uh, and has encountered, uh, has encountered things that have made him more resilient. And now you're here, you know, not on a pedestal, but on equal ground with people who are in the same in the same sort of, um, you know, in the same sort of boat where they have to, mm -hmm. they have to figure out what to do with their life and they have to make choices. And there you are. I mean, it's really kind of a God thing that you're there to, to represent for them. But what's one thing you wish our listeners knew? What can we take away about one place? One thing to take away from about Tuscaloosa's one place is the amazing staff that we have and their willingness to if to seek out options and opportunities to help individuals overcome their uh, obstacles that they're facing. Uh, we have programs that are, in a sense, kind of pre-designed. But if it doesn't fit what somebody needs, we are here to support them. If we can't actually provide the resource, we know who to reach out to to help 
them to be able to connect with other resources around town. And so what, what I, I, I'm really amazed at, what I've come to appreciate over this 18 months is the amazing staff and caring individuals it, uh, that are here at, at, our, at our agency and that there are more people like those who work here than in the workforce and in our community um, than, than aren't. And that uh, Tuscaloosa's One Place is an absolutely amazing resource to help people um, get to where they want to go. And I, I think in a you know, short, a short summary, the people who are here um, are amazing and they are super caring and that they will do whatever they can to help people in Tuscaloosa. Well, how can people learn more? How can they contribute to or contact Tuscaloosa's One Place? Yeah, so um, you can definitely give us a call. Our phone number is 205-462-1000. And so you can always call and uh, you know, ask ask, and let, them know, let us know that you are in need of some help. But you can also visit our website, which is tuscaloosaoneplace.org. And there are giving opportunities, volunteer opportunities. Uh, we'd love to have volunteers come, to roll up their sleeves, to dig into the programming and be a part of, be a part of what we do. And then you can on our website you can sign up for a monthly newsletter. We send out announcements and and updates on programming that we have going on. Wonderful. Thank you, Kevin, for coming by and telling us about Tuscaloosa's One Place. Hey, and thanks for the opportunity. I really appreciate it, Patricia. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast Northport. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gmpnorthport.com. That's gmpnorthport.com. Or call 205-809-4910.